0: This is the Institute for Music Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Create, Inspire, Lead. I'm your host, Jeff Dunn. On today's podcast, we're tackling the topic of graduate school. What are some considerations when musicians apply to graduate schools? How does that differ for those considering performance and those focused on research? If you receive multiple offers for admission and assistantships, how do you decide which to choose? To address this topic, I'm joined by Dr. Matthew Artizone, who is the inaugural Marie Rolfe Dean of Graduate Studies at the Eastman School of Music and formerly the Associate Dean of Admissions. Dr. Artizone, thank you for joining us on the program.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for asking me to be here.
0: So our topic at hand today is to talk about graduate schools, the application process, and determining which offer to accept and pursue in our graduate education. But let's start by taking a step back when students are considering graduate schools and embarking on the application process. What are some of the questions that they should be asking themselves? What are some of those considerations?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question because I think, you know, when you're starting to apply to graduate schools, it it really wasn't so long ago that you were applying to colleges and a lot of the questions you might have asked yourself in that process still pertain but they sort of need to be updated a little bit you know i think the obvious one is thinking what you want to do professionally and and which programs will help you get there the unique scenario for the student considering graduate school in music is that they they already entered a professional program as an undergraduate. So that question was already front of mind coming out of high school. And if you've gotten to, you know, your junior year of music school and you're thinking about graduate school chances are, you know, you've just solidified that determination to make music your profession. And so that might seem like an obvious kind of no-brainer place to start but it behooves the student to re-examine that question and maybe try to tighten the focus around it a little bit and part of that means kind of stepping it taking a step back and doing a little bit of self-interrogation uh, to you know sort of get at the root questions under maybe why uh, you want to do this and uh, maybe more specifically how you want to do it i think a lot of us entered our undergraduate programs knowing that we wanted to spend a lot of time with our instrument um, and maybe not having a clear idea of what exactly that meant you know professionally what we wanted to do with it but by this point we might be you know starting to home in on teaching or performing more or in specifically chamber music or more new music or more baroque music and you know starting to develop a little bit more of a focus or maybe it's a research area uh, related to music that we want to go in and we'll come back to this question later I think but at, at the highest level it's sort of are well, it's the question that we're always asking ourselves no matter who we are and what we're doing which is who am I or maybe more importantly who do I want to be and we make decisions on a daily basis that that can help define that. And so this process is part of um, thinking about that question and starting to to look for examples of people, you know, that kind of are doing what you would like to do and looking at the path that they followed. So that's a that's a sort of generalized answer to start with. But we can we can dig into that more if you like.
0: It sounds like from what you're saying, then, maybe we get a little more breadth with our undergraduate education. It's a little broader. And then in graduate school, we're starting to specialize and focus a bit more. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's sort of the general trend, right, is that we're in this sort of funnel where there's just a lot more that we have to do. Even in a conservatory setting as an undergraduate, you have your liberal arts requirements, and there's a lot of theory and fair amount of music history um and then of course your lessons your ensembles um and all of that and the idea in in grad school is that you're going to start tightening that focus now of course that doesn't mean we we have lots of people um here at eastman for example who are doing more than one thing in in grad school so that can still be a thing um but it's they're you know they're more the exceptions to the rule i would say
0: so what are some of the factors then that students ought to be considering in terms of selecting where they might apply in audition if it's applicable to graduate programs?
1: Well, I think the, the the number one thing that a lot of students lean on in in developing their lists of graduate schools are the recommendations of their teachers. And in the performance world, I think that's certainly the case where there's a lot of discussion maybe around, you know, who would be the the teacher that you know I as your teacher would like you to work with next you know um I've gotten you to this point and I think uh if you go study with this person then they'll they'll sort of pick up where I left off and um and so listening to a teacher's recommendations does give a student a strong sense of you know what some of their options are um, in that case but I think it needs to be bolstered by these sort of self-interrogation questions and sort of the bigger picture questions, I guess, of, you know, what, what kind of institution am I looking for? Do I want to be, you know, it, w- what environment was I in for my undergraduate degree? Was it more university based? Was it a conservatory? um what was i missing you know as a part of that do i want to be in an environment where there's a lot going on around me that's not directly related to what i'm doing so that that can inform what i'm doing or if i had enough of that and i want to limit distractions and and really focus more so again it's sort of flipping that you know an initial question that's kind of a typical one for the the college search of you know what type of environment do you want to be in um And then re-examining that question in light of where you actually did your undergraduate and, and, and are you ready for a change, you're ready for more of the same, that sort of thing.
0: One of the things that I often get asked by some students, maybe upperclassmen, fall of their senior year, is making a decision between going to graduate school and just entering the job market, and applying for positions. What kind of advice would you give to those individuals that are interested in a graduate education, but maybe they're unsure if it's the right time or the correct next step for them?
1: That's such a great question, because I think, you know, we can kind of feel like we've stepped on this train out of high school, and it's left the station. And now, you know, there's a there's a set of expectations about what happens next. Um, You know, and it starts with going to college, right? Where, you know, if we're having this conversation, and you're and you're tuning in and listening to it, then you've made that decision, you know, back in high school to go to college and how much of that was sort of, you know, a decision (laughs) versus just, that's what you do. Um, and so that can still, you know, I, I, maybe there's a little bit less of that going into grad school and more of a question of, you know, hmm, what will I do next? Um, but it can still feel a bit like that train is 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 chugging along. And so the obvious next thing to do is the next level of degree in your in your area. Um, and that may or may not be the case. So I think there's a lot to be said for, again, finding a way to to step back from what you're doing and kind of re-examine it and question it and really spend the time imagining yourself in that scenario for the next, you know, if it's a master's degree, you're looking at, you know, the next two years. Um, if it's a doctoral degree, it's, it's it's a good deal longer than that. It could even be longer than your undergraduate uh, experience. And, you know, those questions of what do I really want to do with my life can can maybe start to tighten down at that point to what do i really want to focus my attention on you know because this this train moving along we can we can we can develop a sense of ooh, you know can can we stop the train please i want to get off um at at any point in this process and so just having a healthy awareness that there's not an obvious right next step for everybody you know you want to have uh develop your own agency and autonomy and considering that question for you and recognizing that you can make that decision at any point along the way. You know, so you can, you know, applying to schools is a good way to discover what the options are, uh, to get yourself on those campuses, to have to meet with the faculty at those schools and see yourself in a place. And that can inform, you know, we I, I I've seen lots of applicants over the years who have gone through that whole process and when we offer them admission, the response is not no, thank you. I'm going to this other school. The response is no, thank you. I'm I'm not enrolling in graduate school at this point. I'm going to take a year and, you know, teach or do some research or just perform or, you know, some combination of those things. Um, and I think accepting that is okay. You know, that you can, you can, there's no right next step. You have lots of options and lots of ways that you can move forward.
0: I want to ask you about a specific group of people in the musical profession. That would be seniors that are really starting to focus and think ahead and say, you know what, I really would like to get a PhD in theory or musicology or composition or something like that. But a PhD rather than folks like myself and you that uh, you know have been in that DMA performance track or right, are more research focused. So what are some of the things that um, they should be thinking about, since their situation is different than maybe the performance world, as they finish their undergrad and are thinking about the PhD?
1: That's, yeah, great question, because it is such a different experience doing a PhD, which I say not as somebody who's done one, but as somebody who came perilously close to doing one, um, but ultimately decided that that was not, not the right path. And how i made that decision was this question of you know so if if the question i alluded to before is you know what do i want to focus my attention on for performance major that makes sense um when you when you start thinking about research and the phd and what's involved in that you know the core coursework which is challenging enough but then needing to complete a project you know a, a dissertation sized project on your own essentially of course working with a faculty advisor but you know this is where the time to completion for a phd student gets extended is when they're working on their own trying to find the motivation to keep going right and and finish this project that they started 3 years ago or whatever it was so the question really becomes for the student considering that path what is it that i can't stop thinking about what is it that you know what problems in my field do I really want to try and solve, you know, and it could be like, I think everybody else understands, you know, the the music of Eastern Europe in the 19th century in the completely wrong context. And I need to correct their understanding of that. And that's what drives you. If you don't have a nagging question that won't leave you alone, that might not be the right path for you. Um, and so that was the decision maker for me. I, I was lucky enough to have an advisor who asked me that question. And, you know, I took some time and thought about it and realized, yeah, I don't, you know, I love researching, I love reading about music, I love reading what other people wrote, <laughs> it was the key phrase, I think, um, about music and all of its cultural and social context and and all of that great stuff. Um but I couldn't home in on a on a on a specific problem or issue that I wanted to solve that wouldn't leave me alone, um, and so I didn't think I was going to have that motivation uh, to keep that going.
0: How would you say the application process is different for folks in those positions? Or perhaps if you're applying for, you know, a master's degree or doctoral degree in a field like music education that's a little more research-based compared to that of a performance track. If you're, say, a senior oboist and you apply for an MM in oboe performance, your application and your audition experience may not be that much different from your undergrad, just at a much higher level. So what about those more research-based fields?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think it 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 really comes down to... You're going to be thinking about this in terms of presenting yourself as someone who has the intellectual curiosity you know to really dive into this that you are somebody who doesn't just want to do music but you want to sort of look at the you know the i'm doing air quotes here but the the about music you know you you want what you do to be about Uh, Music And it's not not necessarily the direct making of it, which is not to say, you know, um, I know many PhD students who continue to be uh, practitioners of the art and they haven't, they don't lose track necessarily with their, their instrument, but you are making a commitment to, you know, focus on this, on this other route. And so, you know, things like demonstrating that you have done some independent research that you have um, developed original ideas about music and about you know about pieces and um analysis or cultural historical context whatever it is that that what you've done in those classes your music history classes your theory classes already as an undergraduate or or if you're in a master's program um will show that you have the you have the tools to do the research on your own that that you can think independently about a topic come up with a topic that's you know original at least a little (laughs) bit original and know how to research it and know how to sort of pull from the research your own your own conclusions and thoughts and ideas and and present it in a in a cohesive way and so that's what that's what our academic faculty will will be looking for essentially and you know we'll admit students into a phd program from an undergraduate program it just means that they have more credits to complete until they you know before they get the degree and they pick up the master's degree um on the way as it were but the you know the essential core coursework is the same if you know if you're coming out of the the master's degree it's just sort of that that extra what what boils down to being an extra year is really sort of extra time to maybe really kind of tighten what that research focus is going to be so that's that's maybe You know a distinction between somebody applying for a PhD out of an undergraduate program versus out of a master's program. Certainly, out of a master's in music history or musicology program, where the expectation would be that you already used that time and that degree to really tighten your research focus. Um, There's a little bit more leeway given, you know, coming out of the
0: undergraduate. So, if you are someone who has maybe applied straight for PhD programs out of the undergraduate, and you know maybe musicology and you're a couple of years in, you've finished that master's degree level coursework, and you're realizing maybe it's not the best fit, would it then be a possibility for them to consider opportunities to finish the PhD, or maybe just walk away with that master's degree? Or when you're an undergraduate applying for those opportunities, are you making that commitment to see that program through?
1: Well, I mean, I guess I would say that the institution has certainly made a commitment to you, um, but as in all of things, as you know, as kind of a, an underlying theme of everything we're talking about, these things can always be reconsidered, and you know, are are only over are only final when they're final. So, sure, you, you know, we you can have a student start the PhD with the master's level coursework and finish the master's level coursework and walk away at that point with a master's degree Um, but perhaps they've decided you know actually i don't think i have uh the wherewithal to see the dissertation through so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop here doesn't happen all that often Um, again just because the you know the process of preparing the application and you know doing everything that would have gotten you admitted to that program usually provides a good indicator that you are you are firmly on that track but life continues to happen even when you have everything figured out <laughs> so you know that that opportunity that option is 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 certainly available
0: so as you've engaged with students over the years who have been going through these application processes, considering these exact things as they prepare to apply and audition at schools, what are some of the common pieces of advice that you find yourself telling to students while they have concerns and challenges going through the process?
1: Well, I, I think um, the first thing to understand is, or maybe just to remember, <laughs> is that this is a challenging process. You know, So you, you do need to Kind of be prepared um for the just the rigor of the application process and i think you know i have talked to a lot of college juniors and seniors um and asked them to recall what they went through applying to college and it's almost sort of you know this <laughs> post-traumatic memory fog of that you know it's like well i i don't know they, they don't really recall a lot of the details um, and so they're ready to do it again. So just reminding yourself that, you know, it is, it is challenging and, and that is as it should be. It's not that we're deliberately making it hard. It's that doing these degrees is hard. <laughs> and so, um, but it should be hard work in an area that in which you love doing hard work. You know, you, that's what keeps us coming back to it, right? Is that, you know, we spend hours and hours solving problems and, and getting better by increments um and occasionally it'll feel like we're we're making leaps and bounds but not often um but we can't turn away we 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 have to stick with it and so just remembering that that's you know that this process will be challenging but that it it really is designed to recognize the work that you have been doing you know so it's if you've been doing good work in your undergraduate program you will be prepared to take these auditions or or do these interviews for graduate school and to just sort of embrace the the challenge of it.
0: So at the time we're talking now, we're in the thick of audition season. And uh, hopefully in six to eight weeks, there's going to be a lot of folks who are getting emails about their offer of admissions and assistantships. So putting yourselves in the shoes of these individuals, these prospective graduate students, how would you begin to weigh the decisions? If you have multiple offers that have admission and different types of assistantships and things like that, perhaps different types of schools, different locations, how do you begin to discern what's the right fit?
1: Yeah, I mean, ideally, um, and you know, we see many students in this situation, you apply to uh, a number of graduate schools and you get in to a number of graduate schools, and then you have this sometimes seemingly impossible decision to decide which, which is the right choice um and there were there there should be air quotes around the word right there too because you know really at that point if you've applied to you know three or four excellent schools and you you research the teachers and you know that all of these schools have prepared students to go into the profession you can have all kinds of rational reasons uh why one school over another you know might be a better choice um and those could include things like, you know, how much how much financial support am I getting from uh, the various schools? Where are each of the schools located? Um, you know, do I think that that translates to professional opportunities? Uh, have I researched that assumption? Um, you know, there's lots of lots of reasons to pick away at what what the right choice is. So just starting on that level might eliminate you know, one or two of your options just in terms of, you know, this truly is out of reach uh, financially. I've talked to the school. It's not going to work. You know, I can't get the financial situation to be what I need it to be. I have to put it aside. That that can be, uh, you know, a reason to to take a school off the list. Hopefully that's not the case. And you're really left with sort of comparing different rationales for why one school might be better than the other. And that kind of, this is, this is what, you know there's a whole lot of research into how people make difficult decisions right and the worst decisions or the hardest decisions i guess are the ones where there's sort of equal options you know and so who can say what the right answer is and probably you know and that's one place to start you know there 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 isn't a wrong answer and yeah there are personalities out there that would be comfortable sort of throwing a dart at these offers and wherever it lands that's where i'll go <laughs> that might not be the best approach but some of the research around making difficult decisions talks about, you know when you reach that point of you've you sort of exhausted the rational reasons why one place might be better than the other, and you you haven't been able to distinguish them. That's where you really need to come back to the personal reasons that we started off with, Who am I? Who do I want to be? Which of these programs is going to help me get to that point? And it might mean, you know which of these programs is going to challenge me the most so that i can actually continue to become the kind of musician that i want to be it can feel very inviting to you know choose the option of of least resistance you know i, I know that I've, I've always excelled on my instrument and school a um, has offered me a nice scholarship to go and continue to excel on my instrument I did always think that I, you know, I really wanted to be able to give back as a teacher. There are no pedagogy options um, at that school, no real teaching about teaching, but I know I can do this. So that feels like a good fit. Whereas another school might offer those options, it will be a little bit more challenging uh, because you have to take, could take these additional classes beyond your major. Um, just having the option to do that presents you with You know another difficult choice of well hmm, should i study this additional thing in in addition to my instrument but if that's what will challenge you to become the kind of musician you want to be that might be the way to go i'm not doing a fabulous job of describing the work that i should recognize here which is the work of ruth chang and there's a great ted talk that she does on making difficult choices um, and kind of using a job interview, um you know job option example, but it's it's highly applicable to uh, the graduate school scenario. Um, you know, all of that said, I think you know approaching it in a rational way is good. keeping a spreadsheet with so that you're you're keeping track of you know what you're Financial scenario will be in each place, what your options for, you know, maybe teaching privately outside of the school might be, what your options for performing might be, uh, what your academic opportunities will be, will help and might, you know do some some immediate sort of culling of the list. But really falling back on those personal questions of who I want to be and what program is really going to challenge me, because being who we want to be, uh, I think most of us would admit is hard right and and you know we think about the kind of person we want to be and then every day we're presented with opportunities to be that person or not and it's usually harder to to be that person so um, that's where the difficult thinking comes in
0: it sounds like there's a lot of introspective work then that needs to be done about the things we value the situation we find ourselves in being able to weigh that but at the core it still sounds like if we are going to graduate school then we want to put that program and the development it brings to us at the center of the decision. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think our expectations for graduate school are that, um, you know, if if the undergraduate program was supposed to give us this sort of comprehensive foundation in art form, And um, and help us sort of figure out where our focus wanted to be, then our expectation for grad school is that it's going to allow us to really focus on on that thing. Um, So if that's sort of the center of of what you're what you're looking for, um, you know, that that will help focus your your decision, I think.
0: You spoke earlier about some individuals that end up ultimately declining their offers. Could you talk a little more about the situations those individuals might find themselves in that makes them say, "You know what, maybe this isn't the right time or the right choice." And what might eventually lead these individuals to reapplying in the future?
1: When we get a decline, we do try to find out, you know, what they're doing and and you know, where they're going if they're going to another school and why and uh, or if they're not. And when the decision, I mean, you know, again, the realization that grad school may not be the right next step can come at any point during this process. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, when I talk to people about interviewing for jobs or not, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if I want this job, so I, I'm not going to interview for it. And it's like, well, no, how do you know until you do the interview and go through the process and meet the people and, you know, and all of that before you can, you haven't been offered the job yet. So don't make a decision about not doing the job. And the same kind of Can apply to grad school. So I almost wish, you know, that that more people who weren't sure would go through the process Um, because it's really it's a relatively small number that we see ultimately saying, actually, I don't think this is the right direction. I'm just going to take some time off. But to answer your question about, you know, applying again, sure. I mean, sometimes that's just it. You know, they've they've realized that um, they need a little bit more, you know, maybe they got in. Uh, But maybe the financial support wasn't what they had hoped it would be. And they realized that, you know, with some more preparation, if it's a merit based scenario, uh, that might turn out differently. So they're just going to take some time, you know, to go back and work on the craft and then and then come back and sort of represent themselves. And, you know, sometimes it's job Uh, job related in terms of the assistantship. You know, earlier you asked me about what, you know, advice for people going through the application process. And and I should have mentioned then uh, the importance of your resume and talking about the experience that you have beyond your musical experience and beyond your performing and you know, we have a lot of applicants who neglect to mention the teaching that they've done, which is kind of astonishing to me but um because it's not directly related or they think it's not directly related to getting in you know they're not going to be judged on that and that that may be true at a certain point many schools are also making decisions not just about who gets in but who will do what in terms of an assistantship and you know certainly if you have experience already, um, that only helps and if your experience, if you don't have experience teaching, but you have experience working in other capacities, uh, even doing clerical work, there could be a job, you know, that is either through work study or even through a departmental assistantship that that you might be qualified for. So being comprehensive in your resume uh, opens up those those options.
0: You know, that makes me think about my own experience of applying to grad school a couple of times, and I've seen a lot of different systems out there where sometimes the application is both for admission and assistantships, and some schools will have you do a couple of extra things just for the assistantships, too. Uh, So you make a great point about the resume and the information that needs to be on there. Going back to thinking about the financial aid thing, you made a comment about merit-based systems. Would you say, if we were to, you know, kind of overgeneralize here, that for graduate school, there is a little more sense of the merit-based system, especially when you're uh, allocating funding specifically to assistantships, compared to an undergraduate process that does have um, a lot of need-based financial factors as well?
1: Yeah, generally speaking, yes, because, you know, the main difference between the student as an undergraduate applicant and as a graduate applicant is uh, independence, you know. So when you apply as a high school senior and you do the FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, we're looking at your parents' income and determining need based on that when you apply to grad school and you do the fafsa it's your information so it's much harder for a school to determine you know which grad students truly have higher need um, than others just based on that information so some schools will have processes for trying to get at that question but generally speaking that is the case and so you know a lot does hinge on the audition and the strength of the file overall whatever the school's you know particular approach to assessing applicants might be it's it's also important to keep in mind that you know levels of support will differ depending on the programs that are offered at the school so you know if it's a school that doesn't have any doctoral programs then you know the master's students are likely to be the recipients of what support there is um, and that can include assistantships and and, and all of that great stuff. Um, whereas a school with doctoral programs might be funneling most of that support to its doctoral students, and so that might have implications for what the school is able to do at the master's level. Um, whether or not a school is you know financially independent, whether it's a standalone conservatory or institution of some kind, um, or whether it's part of a university like, like Eastman, but still financially independent like Eastman, um, or whether it's part of a university and is part of a more centralized structure, all of these can have implications for what the you know the levels of support might be and how much they might vary, um, even from one student to the next or at least one degree level to the next. Um, so there's a lot to you know when we were talking about spreadsheets and keeping track of things. There's a lot to be aware of in terms of what the financial aid structure might be for graduate students at a at a particular institution.
0: We've talked a lot about very unique, different situations for graduate students in their programs. I'm just curious from your vantage point, if you have any, you know, kind of overarching goals for the graduate students at Eastman, what are you hoping that they get out of their programs?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, again, on the on the surface of it, we want our students, you know, to come out on the other end, really having come into their own, I guess, is one way to put it. You know you've 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 come here as a not yet fully developed artist or scholar or you know combination whatever it is but certainly a lot farther along than you were when you started your undergraduate program and so you know i guess the hope is that you've really you've really developed as an artist and a scholar to the point that you are truly ready to step into the professional world at the same time I always want our graduates to trust that it's been an intense two or three years, depending on, you know, if you're doing the master's or the doctorate, uh, where you have been taking in a lot of information and, you know, performing a recital maybe every, at least every year and have not had a lot of time to really let everything soak in, you know, and just sort of assimilate what you've learned before sharing it out again. And so there will be a period of that happening, and that that's a that's a beautiful thing. That the you know the years immediately following graduate study can be some of the most rewarding growth that you experience um, if you're able to you know allow yourself the space and the time to continue obviously to practice and to do so maybe in a, in a more sort of self teaching way. You know now you're truly going out as an artist who will continue to practice, um, and may occasionally, you know, play for, uh, for a teacher or do a masterclass, but really on a day to day, week to week basis, you are now your own teacher, you know, you are doing this on your own, and that you will notice things changing in your playing, I can almost guarantee, or you're singing, in those years immediately following your study, because everything that you've learned is in there, and needs, but needs some time and space to, to come out.
0: Today's episode was produced by Kelly Judson. The music was written and produced by Stephen Vigner, Alexa Silverman, and myself. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for episodes, please contact us via our website at iml.esm.rochester.edu. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and colleagues and leave us a review on your preferred streaming platform. This podcast is a production of the Institute for Music Leadership at the Eastman School of Music. The views expressed in the podcast are the interviewees and do not represent the Eastman School of Music or the Institute for Music Leadership. From the IML, I'm Jeff Dunn. See you next time.